from the crypt. This episode of Tales from the Crypt is brought to you by Cointaxis. Cointaxis prepares your crypto taxes in 10 minutes or less by seamlessly integrating all of your wallets, exchanges, and other information together to make your tax experience uh, as simple as possible. The best part about it, you get 10% off Cointaxes and help support this show when you sign up at Cointaxes.com slash crypt. That's Cointaxes.com slash crypt. Once again, get Cointaxes for only $45 when you sign up today at Cointaxes.com slash crypt. That's C-R-Y-P-T. Support your boy Marty. He's got a wife to feed. It's and like I mean I, I'm essentially making arguments against myself in a lot of ways, but like it, you could be smart and not have wisdom. And it's like it, like making decisions for like governance like takes wisdom. And mm-hmm. so it's like we had like the founding fathers of the U.S., which I hate going into like this type, type of analogy, but it's like what made it work was wisdom like George Washington and Benjamin Franklin realizing that they needed to step back right and they're like Satoshi yeah. realizing he needs no, to step no, that, back that's why I'm saying it it's it's like I think he I think he did it for more more than that reason but I think that was definitely part of it um but yeah like if you want something to be like decentralized if that's actual like the priority if you want this like ecosystem like you have to like bite your tongue and I'm not like I'm that's not a that's not, not a direct comment to to him but it's just like a broader comment of like how do you achieve that it's like you just you can't have people who having who have undue influence um and like it's a central point of failure that a lot of people like when people always produce these models of like oh what protocol is most decentralized like they're always leaving that part out it's like how how like are there several people who are like the main part of this mm-hmm. it's like that's always left out yeah the the founder centralization is again going back to the multiple aspects of this space, like technical, economic, and then psychological, which probably encapsulates everything to an extent. It's probably a part of everything to an extent, but again. So say that again? I missed that. So putting together like the technical, the economics, and then the psychological is is like, a, like more than anything I'm beginning to believe is that this is a psychological phenomenon. Yeah, no, it's... it's- like this is like the area that I've been obsessed with. So, uh, like behavioral finance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like I went through like a heavy poker phase where it's like it, it, which is like kind of encapsulates that of like you know you need to understand the math of it, but like human psychology is even more important. And like like I think the misconception about poker is you're trying to read people. It's like no, you're you're taking just like samples of like human behavior over these situations and you could extrapolate from that like the people like no virtually no good poker player like tries re- reading people at the table <laughs> like they like go off of instincts but it's more of like their mental model of like human psychology and like that more than anything um but yeah like the um yeah like it, it's there's so many complicated parts of making all this work that like one one or two people as being a core part of it in my mind is a massive like point of failure and, a, and like a prohibitor to it like becoming successful i agree i think like the, there are other reasons why i don't think ethereum will is a great store of value outside of that but that's one that's like maybe like point number like 9 let's, on my list let's get into that you said that you were initially Excited by Ethereum, Brendan got you excited in, in the idea, but have since. I think uh, this is this is an unpopular, or this is an opinion I haven't heard other people say, but um, I think it's true. I think a lot, a lot of now this recent Bitcoin success has been because of Ethereum. Like I think a lot of Ethereum has brought a, a lot of attention in the space, and has been like a slow trickle of people into Bitcoin. So like, in a lot of ways, Bitcoiners have Ethereum to thank for that. So it, like Ethereum. I would so agree. I think I I I like I really like Ethereum. I, I like the Ethereum community. I I what I don't like I th- is the current market perception of what it is, and I think it's very irrational. Like what Ethereum people are Thank trying you. to do is like fantastic, and like you should be doing that. And they're super ambitious, and overall like very like good nice people. What I don't like is like market rationality, and then they're making like bad arguments. And so like you hear Bitcoin Cash people doing this as well. Like we're like really the only times I'm ever, ever even vo- I'm like I'm not vocal at all, but like whenever I'll engage and somebody be like like in like a, almost 
like Ashley-ish tone, be like your argument construction is terrible. Like if you're leaning on ad hominem or like emotional arguments, then it's like like you kind of can't engage with that. And so like you're like bad, <laughs> you're just like a bad, you're, you're bad for everything. You're bad for this community. And so I think Ethereum has leaned on this like a appeal to emotion and like proof for- of stake for like electricity. And I think Bitcoin Cash is leaning now on this like emotional appeal of like it's for everybody and cheap and whatever and it's it, like it's take it's there's a really good quote i'm gonna mess up who it was but like I've, I've used this a lot lately it's like tyranny is the deliberate removal of nuance and like i think a lot of that's happening like yeah. it's like you're a bad person <laughs> if you're not recognizing this is extremely complicated thing and like that's kind of like honestly like that's kind of like we'll like get me to be more vocal and so that's that's what's happening right now yeah and that's and that's uh, it's weird to see it's like the world we're living in where it's a lot of virtue signaling i think the the word you were looking for in that in that explanation was virtue signaling i don't I, know if you I, want to I, say it i but i tend to avoid to try i think i try to avoid overly used phrases because <laughs> like it starts building like connotation like virtue signal is now built a certain it's just me being weird, but like virtue signal has built like a certain connotation of what it is. So like when you say it, people will shut down and be like, if you're virtue signaling to somebody, they'll just shut down and be like, oh, like you're using like a out of the pocket thing to like, that's not like a vanilla, like, um, comeback. So like, yeah. it's like, I just try and avoid that. Avoid at smart, probably smart. Um, I should probably try to avoid that too. I actually don't say that too often, but I couldn't think, the virtue signaling is a perfect way of putting it. Yeah. It's just, there's just too much connotation attributed to that. Yeah, and the nuances, and that's that's what baffles my mind about the space right now is it's so nuanced and to sort of <coughs> to sort of try and like put things in these very concise boxes, like this is the way it needs to be, this is the way it needs to be, like it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And there's... Especially if, if you can't like take the other side of the argument and almost make it better, then like you don't have a right to like to debate the topic. Well, this is well, it's like it's, it's so like the, the straw man, like straw man's also exactly. Abused. So the, it's just there's just so much of that happening right now, and like I've like I, and I like, w- like I've honestly just wanted to stay out of it, but I think it's almost becoming detrimental to like all of like the whole ecosystem and like the future. I I, I kind of. I, I kind of believe in this like factor of like Murphy's law, where like anything that that can, can happen go. It can go wrong will happen. So like, weak things will eventually shake out. I'm just a little concerned that rationality can cause have like residual spillover that'll just bad negatively affect everything. And so I don't know. I go back and forth in my head of like I'm never going to become a medium posting person <laughs> for, for, for a lot of reasons. But it's like how public do you, like do you want to be right and like most people that obviously respect are public, but it's like we're like how do you remain in like a good spot? Um, so I don't know. That's the tangent. No, no, and I I think that's something that you should think hard and long about because once you throw yourself into the ether, no pun intended, it it's hard to to get out of it, and you don't want to get dragged. And so I'm our my value to this space is a shit poster. I'll say it. I'm a shit poster. <laughs> And that's my value that, to the space. Just, I think it's art, artistic. Thing. And <laughs> I appreciate it, and, and I'd, I'd like to say I'm like a five out of ten, and and getting <laughs> getting better. But it's an art, it's an artistic endeavor. <laughs> it, eh, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Yeah, I would. It's fun, but going back to so, arguments that some of these projects lean on that aren't nuanced at all. My favorite is proof of work is an energy waste. We need to go to proof of stake to save the world. And this that, is like a six hour <laughs> conversation. But, but, but that's yeah. the crux. Like, yeah. So I'm not going to name names, but there's some crypto VC funds out there that have been saying, we're only going to invest in proof of stake protocols and proof of stake projects and yeah. projects working on top of proof of stake networks because we want to save the world and it's like that's the least nuanced bullshit yeah. argument i've ever heard in my life because if you actually 
dive into the electric electricity consumption uh, case study of proof of work blockchains versus proof of stake, there's a good argument to be made that we could the proof of work could actually be a positive incentive to find cleaner energy and more efficient energy. Like, what's ultimately going to happen? Like, I mean, there are about like a bajillion different tangents we, we can take off this. Like, we, take us down the tangent you want to. Um, what was I going to say? And get your face closer to the mic, please. Am, am I, am I, am I, is this good? <laughs> yes. Eat, eat the mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, what was I going to say? And you need to catch up with me on the wine. I feel like a yeah. DJ right now. No. Uh, like, <laughs> what was I about to say? We're getting into the proof of work versus proof of stake electricity tangents. One that you want to go down because we could spend six hours on this. Um, I, I, to start, like, something that I haven't um, disclaimed is that, like, I believe in a lot of these projects. I think just the perception of value is wrong. So, like, I think, like, this multi-token world, like, makes sense in a lot of ways. I think we're many years away from that. Um, I don't think anything competes with Bitcoin on being a store of value, though. And so, like, if that's what a maximalist is, then I guess I'm that. I think that we're going to have a very complicated, like, digital asset space, though. The So, like, so, like I'm not labeled a that. I think we're, we are just a ways away from, like, this world working. And I think Bitcoin scaling in value and, um, like, like, increasing scope is a really important part for everything's health. So, like, people who are saying, like, or, or, or like, have a, like, a scarcity approach to, like, this needs to fail so we, like, are this project succeeds, I think is just extremely misguided. And mm -hmm. it's, it's like, it's bad for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, that's something I never understand. But, like, I do, like, there are a lot of things that'll make sense out of this. It's, like, what's kind of needed now for overall ecosystem health and for the world, or if you want to get all whatever. Like we need like Bitcoin is extremely important to that and to to make like weird arguments about this does this better whatever they it doesn't compete on the store value front. Thank you. Like this is what I've been trying to get at is we need to establish the first use case and get it down pat before we move on to other things. Like yeah. I've been writing about this a lot, and again, it's a heuristic. Like if we're gonna make all this work, this new technology, we have to make sure the first application works. Not perfectly, but works and is usable in a way yeah. that it's marketed as. So, like, I think so I don't focus on the token stuff at all because I'm like, we need to figure out the money aspect of this first, it, which I mean, is the it's, first it's, application. Yeah, and, and then and we move from there. It hasn't like quote unquote succeeded yet. So exactly, uh, and like and people just uh, just in life in general just take a scarcity approach of like I need to rip this town to be. It's like just leave it. <laughs> like <laughs> it's bad for for everybody. Like and this is a massive problem in the space right now. But like I, I I like I do like I think Ethereum is like really like I think there are like a handful of really cool smart contract platforms like how that works in terms of value is unclear yet so like Definity is like the new one is, is super cool um, is like how do people interact with the value though it's like it, could you just if you can like hold Bitcoin transfer into it or ha like even whether it's through like an exchange, decentralized exchange, atomic swap, whatever. Like why networks, why so. would you settle like why do you need to hold any of these things? It's like mm -hmm. you if you're if you're in the business of executing smart contracts or like in this dap ecosystem, you kind of have to hold a certain percentage. Um again that's like working cap. So that's not something like what I guess what's even better is like what, like what would be useful for listeners is to go into is like what is store of value because I think that's probably lost on people. And so Store of value is just like what you are comfortable putting and just leaving away. And that's like when you accrue more value than you are using day to day basis, like that's like your bank account. And so, like, that's your savings account, really. That's put away for I'm not touching this, right? So, mm -hmm. you have your checkings and savings account. Checkings account is more like your working capital, where that's something that you you hit every now and then. Savings account is an example of a store of value. The best store of value that's ever existed is real estate, though. So, like, in this realm, real estate savings accounts so that's like currency that's you're being confident that that country's current that country that runs the currency isn't going to implode or do something really weird um they have like blue chip stocks like things that aren't you know aren't going to change a lot and it's like f like a longer term horizon of being being comfortable with it and so like i, I think that concept is lost on a lot of people and let's get heady here do you think that's because of like the society we grew up in, I would say this is like 
Western society the last 40 to 50 years with fiat currency and this this push for conspicuous consumption and let's get to like the psychology of like we live I would people don't like when I say this but we live in a fucked up society that's driven by um, well, I think, I think there's a, there's, I think, a ha- there's a happy medium. The like you don't want to be, the like saving and then saving and and if you're like if the world is perpetually saving, that's not a good thing. No, if you the world be hoarding is forever. Yeah, it's like like everybody's like, oh, I'll save for my kids. If you take that model out to to the nth degree, it's like, well, then what happened? It's like that's not a it's not an effective way. This is why economies uh, like central banks. Like like a certain amount of inflation. It's like you want you don't want everybody to be saving everything because that's just not good for an economy. At the same time, there uh, it is good for the high velocity. Like this is the argument for like a basic basic fundamental income. Like putting hands in, into like lower income classes is high velocity. Like they'll take it and spend it. Like that is like a very good near term way to boost an economy. But if you have everybody spending, it, there, that kind of collapses in on itself. And so, mm-hmm. like, there is a happy medium. I don't think anybody's – people are much smarter than me, like, are probably have a better clue of what that is. But, yeah, like, we have a weird – I think getting ahead of your little, like, we have a weird dichotomy of, like, the genera- like the baby boomer generation above is obsessed with saving, and our generation is not at all. <laughs> and so not I don't know how – like, I don't know the full – implications of what's going to happen with that but that's a really weird interesting thing that's happening yeah and it's and so the point i'm trying to make here is like is that uh a product of the monetary policy so siphodine amuse is coming out with the bitcoin standard if you got your hands on a copy of that before before it uh went live this month or went live or it came up into the public this month he really, in one part of the book, he touches on like how easy monetary policy has led to macro decisions that have trickled down to the micro economies that have lasting effects. So one example being the production of, of sub- corn subsidies leading to the production of high fructose corn syrup, leading to shittier food, leading to higher heart disease, leading to higher deaths. Uh, you can even you can even get into to yeah. to this stuff like leading to opioid addiction and shit like that, and it, I mean, it's like a vapid. I think I think it's a variable. I don't like I, like I was saying before. It's like I think everything's more complicated than what everybody thinks. Yeah, I think what may even be more part of it is um is just like we're like there's the common saying um. Like the first generation grows it, the second generation, the first generation starts it, the second generation grows it, the third generation blows it, and we kind of have like a third generation effect. We're kind of hitting. There's a lot of things happening at the same time. Um, there's kind of that ish. Like we, the the great generation of the United States was like our grandparents, or like they came out of World War One, World War Two, World War Two more, more likely. They produced, produced the baby boomers who like grew this fantastic economy. And we're kind of now with what's left. <laughs> like, and, like, what do we do from here? Like, everybody has, like, this generation's ahead of us that has done, like, really like, fantastic things. And, like, the lost generation is, like, overused as a thing. But it's, like, we definitely are. Uh, like, nobody has any, like, and this, like, this is now getting more broader abstract. But it's, like, this is, like, that's why there's just so many weird causes that are, people care so much about. Because, like, there's not a central motivation for anybody to do anything right now. Like everything's pretty good, and so um, like it, like getting back into abstracting myself from this. It's like this is part of like my overall like Bitcoin thesis and why I got interested twenty twelve twenty fourteen. Like in college at that time was a pretty good like foreshadow of was like what was gonna come, and so like Duke from that time period like changed a lot and like the like what's happening overall and like is this post lacrosse scandal. This is years after, like Duke is like year after, like every year there's a scandal. But mm-hmm. like from when I came in as a freshman to when I left, it was like a completely dramatic like cultural shift of like, I mean like some of it very very good, some of it really weird. And so you could kind of see like this is kind of goes with like Ray Dalio's theory of like we're into this like long term debt cycle, 
um, a, a good like a symptom and a flag of that is just societal like unrest, and so it's like that's kind of what's happening now. So there's just so many things happening, but like we're kind of like hitting them all at the same time, and like all of them probably have a part of this, but it was like it's kind of t- kind of tying back into the original story. It's like I you kind of see this if you're in college from like 2010 to 2000. So I was in college in 2011, 2015. Was like that's really when most like colleges started going through this weird shifty shape, like um, yeah, weird shift. No, I was like some of it obviously very good, um, and just some of it not. <laughs> no, I was at college at the same time, yeah. and things, things, definitely got weird. I mean, I came from a Jesuit high school where they were like question everything, question everything. Yeah. And then I went on to college to study economics. And luckily, I went to school in Chicago. Was able to work and like talk with people that are actually like in the industry about the the topics I was studying in economics. And I found like they they were really, really, really trying to indoctrinate us with like Keynesian as a mindset, like basic like basing everything off of inflation, really focusing on stuff like the Laffer curve and stuff like that. And there really wasn't any any controversial thought within the economics program that I, I went through. I don't know, maybe different for you, but I know I, I mine was more behavioral finance folks. Well I ended up picking classes that went there, but I like and how does how does this all tie to like Bitcoin crypto right now? Um yeah, it's I, I think more so than anything it's the V C culture that that is like a large part of like this new wave so it's like new really dumb retail money who's just kind of like momentum trading like get a latch on anything that happens in any market but i think this this like theory of like any inch thing that's interesting has value and like let's just it's just like the keynesian beauty contest like tied him it's like it's not doing anything now but let's just throw all these features into it and it'll just attract a lot of like attention um so like that that's really that that kind of that works in really early stages of investing but doesn't like after a certain point because you're taking like really the sunk cost is getting bigger and bigger and bigger after a certain point it's just the, there needs to be a model towards like actual reality mm-hmm. um and so what happens with these types of tokens or anything that says we're going to do all of these things and so that's a really good way of attracting investors there's just natural they'll just naturally realize that they can't do some of them and so as soon as they can't do one of them and they announce that you're isolating a group of investors that came in for that reason. And so it's mm-hmm. just a natural like leakage of people who find this va- valuable. So also like the, all of these assets who are trying to do all these things, they won't at least be able to do some of them. Let's be real, like won't be able to do most of them. And so it's just like a, na- it's a, a, a perfect recipe for like this natural like sell off slash disaster. And is that why you think Ethereum is good for Bitcoin? Because you think a lot of people that were called to ethereum because it's going to be the world's computer sort of realizing the inherent um uh, limits that that ecosystem has and falling back onto the a priori like let's figure out money first and then move from there type mentality that bitcoin has yeah i mean it's it's kind of you can kind of see that happening in real time um like i've seen a handful of developers who started with ethereum and are now a lot more interested in bitcoin and that's like not a process that happens vocally, like, like in like the Bitcoin community is like generally pretty private, and it's like I don't, I'm not gonna write a medium post about this. Yeah. So like that's happening in real time now, and like I'm, you're seeing like a wave of Bitcoin developers and like getting obsessed about it, and like they, they all like they all have stories of like I started in this area, and it's like now I kind of just see this, and so like that's not gonna be reported anywhere, but that's definitely happening. And so, like, I, yeah. So to answer that, yes, definitely. It's gonna be reported on Tales from the Crypt. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. No. And like, they're now like like growing infrastructure pieces of like getting these things funded now. And so they're a lot more. Like you have the original like OGs, <laughs> um, that like that are helping fund a lot of things, and then. Like the smart money who's still yet to come in is, is kind of realizing this as well. And like I've talked to several people who are interested in, in just like how can they help with the Bitcoin community. So like whether they're they're involved individually, they're not as like their fund or family office or whatever yet. Like that's been actually the most surprising thing to me in the last few months is like smart money is actually smart. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's like um, they're like I don't know if like like Peter Thiel and Jack Dorsey 
like like mm-hmm. they've said this and it's like that like that I mean, maybe it was part of that that like leaked into that arena but a lot of people will say yeah i think bitcoin's interesting i'm not sure about everything else now that's kind of the general tone of like the quote unquote smart money smart money yeah, yeah. deal said i'm not interested in any other blockchain Seems it's just like there's just there like and if they are if they are interested they they very well know that what they're doing is gambling yeah so yeah. like they know that they they wouldn't if they're doing it individually they'd be like ah like whatever um but as like a fund with like like real fiduciary duty and you have to think things like and like there are a lot of conversations happening with like just bitcoin core engineers to these guys to like the bitcoin just people within bitcoin that are happening that isn't like like public mm-hmm. posted about that's happening right now yeah and that's that's the way it should be shout out jack shout out peter thiel hopefully miles Suter from cash app i made a wrong reference on the last pod podcast it's not square cash it's cash app hopefully miles at wahoo on twitter w-a-h w-h-o w-a-h hopefully he can get jack in this studio at some point in may really fingers crossed not gonna hold my breath I've, I've been, pressure's I've been, on miles i bet like to i doubt jack comes in here but if you want to jack hey barstool's a big fan of twitter freaks. we can talk to freaks i know you like miss cal I'll have the finest mezcal that New York City has to offer. Are you almost done with yours? I gotta catch up. Here. You do have to catch up. Um, I'm sorry for that little tangent there. But, so let's bring this back to, like you were just describing, like it, it, smart money smart and finding the actual value in these things. It takes time and that's that's the beauty. What's, what, what I also didn't talk about was store of value, which is what I think like recent conversations I've had and like analogies that I like to use about like store of value is that a store of value should be easy to understand. And so like what, what I've said is like, there needs to be like really easy social consensus of like what it is. So like Bitcoin's only trying to do one thing right now. Exactly. And so something, so going back into like you know, Keynesian beauty contest, whatever, but like a, with the properties of a good store of value have like social consensus of like of what it is and aren't cha- like all those like, what, like real estate, blue chip stocks, like all that. Like you have confidence that what you're buying isn't going to completely change tomorrow. And like you don't really have that with anything else. Like you can think like and like you may be right that the technology is more interesting and superior. But in terms of like what like what is value? It's about like certainty. Yeah. Like that's that's what markets revolve around: a certainty and uncertainty. And if you have that certainty that the protocol is not going to change and not going to try and do a million things that increase its attack surface, then you have a sounder investment thesis. Like, so, I just had this revelation in the last thirty-five seconds. <laughs> thirty-five, not thirty-five. 32. All right, now it's at fifteen seconds. But it's about certainty and uncertainty. That's what markets. That's how like arbitrage works in markets. Is is playing like, like, uh, playing like, the R between certainty and uncertainty. If we're going to be honest, like Bitcoin is the only thing that's doing what it's like. You could <sighs> everything could shut down today, and like you just run software. It's doing what it's supposed to be doing right now, right? right? And so there are like a lot of other cool things that could be happening, but what it is already is completely useful. So like I mean ha- that's like it's like the but the the personality of the marketplace like being inherently speculators. So, like, let's call one bucket. I would say VC speculators the same thing right now, but speculators who are just like riding waves, and then VCs. Like, the VC is perpetually interested in the next new thing. So, mm-hmm. Bitcoin's way old news. Ethereum's almost old news at this point. I want to uh, drop a name right now, but I really don't want to. Well, I, I won't. I won't. I won't. I'm not going to do it. Bitcoin's boring. Bitcoin Core's vision is boring. Yeah, I, I mean, I hear that all the time. It's. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's it's like that person that probably doesn't have an economics background, right? Yeah. It's, it, What's funny is that, and like I'm not trying to and make this a is slight. G- this is obviously sound like I'm, but the like it's like it's funny just how this worked out is that like people who would say like Bitcoin's like probably going to be the only like substantial store of value either have like deep engineering backgrounds or like they're have like economics finance backgrounds, and so where you have people in the middle. Not in the middle. People who fall into everything else are like entrepreneur type people. Like it's just a, it's a different personality, and so it's like if you start deconstructing that, it makes a whole lot of sense. It does. It does. And so, like, why I would say like B- Bitcoin looks pretty fantastic now is because this next wave of like capital to come in, institutional money, are all like 
economic type finance people. And this was saying is like that the reason why they could see that clear is because they have that framework. And so it's all about mm -hmm. having the correct framework of like, how does this all work? And so, so like me as like investor trader or whatever, like I do, I'll hold, hold things with di different like time horizons. I'll think about holding for things, different time horizons, but like ultimately you need the correct framework of like what is like real to in order to do that correctly. Yeah. Cause if you have a bad framework and you take a short term position, like that's when you, you get destroyed. Cause that's like a, if your model is wrong, then a variable that you hadn't accounted for is going to impact you in a way that you just could never, never seen. And like that's that'll destroy you. Yeah, you need that a priori framework and those a priori principles from which to move from. And I would argue that a lot of the spray and pray type investors in this space don't have don't have that. Their a priori is the way you make money is you you allocate risk. You disperse risk across across the. Yeah, I mean, that's the, it's worked for like last fifteen years. It has worked, yeah. but it's not going to work forever. Especially, not, and that's why like it can work forever in certain areas and certain arenas, but not in this arena. I don't think, and especially that, we're I mean, trying to change not, yeah. money. And again, I harp on this for a, a lot on this podcast, but I would say that even investing in fintech companies takes a specific expertise. Yeah. Um, for like a VC, and so like they're a great like. It's there's just like and again I'm not saying this about I think they're like the top five percent of VCs are like killers and super smart but just like vanilla VC is just like completely tracking what everything else is and so it's it's all like I got into this deal because this, this person, person. This per, or this person's in this deal so I want to get in this deal <laughs> yes I saw a tweet about that today as well um, I think you may have seen it too. But it's it's going to be fascinating to watch this play out. So let's talk timeline here. What you talk you're talking about time horizons. How long do you think it takes for the masses at large to sort of come to grips with Bitcoin and come to grips with what money is in general? So that's one thing I've been finding as I've been trying to educate people about the space is that people don't understand money at its core, let alone Bitcoin and how that changes money in the money that we interact with today on a daily basis. So I think I've been saying it's going to take a generation or two to completely sort of wipe the slate clean of what money is. Cause I, I would say we've been engineered to believe it is something that it, it, it shouldn't be. It, well, we've just existed in a very specific period of time, like me and you, where like inflation really hasn't existed at all. <laughs> so that's just something in like our model of how the world works is, has never been questioned. So... Like the next, the generation above us weirdly like understands like currency fragility because they've gone through periods of time like there was 15% inflation or more. Yeah. Um, but I, like, I'd, I'd kind of push back on that, that it's going to take long for like generations. It's like, I mean, we grew up through it, like the internet <laughs> actually becoming a thing. It's true. Which is crazy. It's, it's a crazy to think about. Uh, like, like cell phones as well. Like, I, I remember like, like I remember seeing like my parents old like mo very very young seeing my po my parents old like mobile cell phone um and like not being able to get like not, like not you couldn't account for everybody having a cell phone no and so it's like how like you need to think about that or like that that was like not too long <laughs> too long ago so i think like things have happened so weirdly like that i think people like in the la like our like last 20 years or so that people are kind of used to changing behavior and we we already deal with like digital cash to begin with, um, so like even just credit cards being now what mostly everybody like people like cash was so much more heavily used ten years ago than today, and so like that transition yeah. of like oh, I don't only use credit card and like some stores only accepting credit cards like that's like a fairly new phenomenon, like <laughs> like people would have been shocked about that ten years ago. So like maybe it's like ten years to do that, but like it's fully it's fully possible that that happens in ten years. Low key, your boy Marty Benz never had a credit card in his life. Really? Never. I don't want it. I, I don't. I, cash? What do, you, what do you do? Cash. I can't. Really? Be, I can't be trusted with credit. I can't. <laughs> I can't trust myself. I. I can't. Really? I, wow, I, that's shocking. <laughs> I can't. I. I mean, my wife has a credit card. I mean, it's our credit card now. I'd never use it. But you may be the first person that, that has ever said that to me. I. I am afraid of credit. I don't want to go into debt. 
that's a good mentality to have to that extent yeah. like and does that make me stupid maybe I just don't want it I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want that well, there's like I, I think people have it this is, this is not advice to people but I think people do have like irrational fears of like weird things of like credit one of them and two like taxes so like people like people would be like taxes is like the weird one where like people would like I've talked to a lot of people like over the years people are like oh how is this like how do I pay taxes on this it's like you pay taxes on that. <laughs> like what do you mean it's like anything else it's like people aren't used to like and like having to actually track their own cost basis for us it's like a weird um, like interaction like up until now now it's like the infra- infrastructure is getting better but people are like oh, I just don't want to deal with the taxes of it so I'm not going to do this hey <laughs> I know somebody that can help us out cointaxes.com slash crypt like, I, um, like I, there is a, some irrationality in just how people don't want to interact with like friction of like a system taxes being one of them credit as well or and i do like some people have people think i'm weird because i've never had a credit card people some people are like overly hoarding on like savings and don't ever ever have any plans to do that like i'd also say that's irrational as well i'm not i'm not that irrational yeah where it's like what are you like what are you saving for specific like if you're like i'm not people like our generation 100 start saving when you get to like a certain level it's like you're sitting on just stupid amount of cash it's like like what what's what's the point (laughs) like you're just planning on like like dying and then passing that off or or what but so yeah like people like have money is just a weird thing for most people psychologically yeah and and it's something that hasn't been questioned and this is why this is all interesting it's it's something that hasn't been questioned at its like fundamental root yet exactly and that's what i'm trying to get to i tend to try and stay away from this conversation because for like most, if it's an introductionary conversation, like let's dive into it, Tom. <laughs> for like, if I'm talking to somebody who's interested in investing in the space, it becomes a political conversation very quickly, and like I it does, I like to like stay away from that. Yeah. Um, and I think there are other other better arguments to like to convince people. Um, Why has it become political? In your like, view, like I think a lot of people get hung up at it's like the like the fed will never allow this or like you need like a central authority like this is how it's always worked right it's not how it's always worked though in like like the last couple hundred years ish 100 ish years 1913 105 yeah um the <laughs> but the like people tend like people don't like being lectured on like a, something that they've never questioned they've never questioned if mm-hmm. they're coming to hear it's a different story but like if some if we're talking about like investment thesis and I'm like let's just talk about money <laughs> they're like we know how money money works so. but they don't <laughs> they don't most people yeah. don't I like so that is whenever when anybody ever comes up to me which is happening more often than than I'd like now really and they're like exp- not that I like I I love talking about Bitcoin but it's getting to the point where it's like damn I'm that Bitcoin kid and yes yeah, I got to talk to about everybody about this but. People come up to me and be like, why should I buy Bitcoin? Like, what is Bitcoin? Why is it valuable? And the first... I, I, I don't entertain those, those questions anymore. Well, I'm still I... entertaining them. <laughs> and the way I entertain them is starting out with a question and be like, what is money? Yeah. They're like, what? What is money? What are you talking about? Like, U.S. dollar. What does the U.S. dollar represent? I'm like, have oh, you, yeah. Have, I you could, see, have you seen the John Oliver episode? With uh, explaining blockchain? Yeah, 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 it was like yeah. it was like three weeks ago or so. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, "What is money, man?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my fear of, <laughs> of sounding like that all the time. But I mean, yeah, like, is it, it like sounding like that, or is it? Or you, like, I do sound like like it, I, how I explain it on a more macro level is. But let me get to yeah. my point here. So the point is, well, the, we're, we're, I mean, like, I'm, my I'm point really is, talking to a very specific type of person generally. Okay. Like, and I like. Like most of my friends know, like we just don't talk about this. <laughs> oh yes, the, my close friends like we agree to never bring it up. Like yeah. we'll get too into it, and it's never healthy at the end of the day. But I will entertain when, like, so my wife's like, "Oh my god!" Like Marty's like a big Bitcoin guy. Like, I heard her she's friend, really into Bitcoin cash. Her friend, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck you, Raquel. But um, like, so I should tell her friends, they'll come out to me and be like, oh, I hear you're into Bitcoin. I'm like, all right, I'll entertain this. And well, this is, 
this is why it's my favorite first question because it makes people think right away. And yeah. Like, I'm like, what does what does your dollar represent? And they're like, well, it's nine times out of ten, I shit you not. I don't know if this is this is a co- uh, a commentary on the people I, I associate myself with, but it's oh my god, yeah, it's backed by gold. It's like no, it's not. Like yeah, you, I mean, a crazy amount of people still still believe yeah, that. Which is which is like I yeah. It, Right? <laughs> yeah. No, Most people I, believe that money is backed by gold that I've encountered. There was a recent uh, um, questionnaire that like that was like above 50% or like some crazy amount. So yeah. stati- like statistically speaking, I'm correct. Most people think that money is backed by gold. And yeah. They don't realize it's not. And yeah. So that's my a priori is like, all right, you don't understand what the money you're using is. Try to figure that out. And then we can like work from there what Bitcoin is. And it is a complete reversion to a sound money, which most people expect that we're on, but don't realize we're not. Yeah, I mean, it's... So, like, the type of person that, like, I'll generally talk to, first of all, is generally, like, at least, like, knee-deep in understanding the space because it's just too difficult to... Like, I don't have enough time to, time to start with square one with, with people, but, um, like, the, so the type of person that I'll generally talk about has, like, a pretty good understanding for... Has a good understanding for, like, macroeconomics and, like, understand that. Lucky. So, so um, like, the best way to frame it for that type of person is more of, like... No, like the U.S. doesn't really need this at all, like right now, Mm-mm. but the rest of the world does, right? And so this is like Nassim Taleb has like the hedge on tyranny type quote, which which I think is a really good way of framing it. That you know, like you need this at like type of asset, and like it's, this asset's value will always kind of it, sh- it will always have inherent value as this hedge. Of like like bad governments can't touch this, yeah. and so that's a double edged sword in a lot of ways because like good it'll mess up with some good governments, but like in the total uh, g- global economy, it's a it's a net good thing. Yeah, it's it gives you, it gives the leverage, it gives you some form of leverage in a uh, in a scenario where a despot government or something like yeah. that tries to to blow you out of the water or something like that. You yeah. have this fallback where, hey, if I have to jump the country, I can put millions of dollars in my brain with a brain wallet and jump the border and start a new life somewhere else if need be. Yeah, and it's like, like I, I try to stay away from like ideological statements, but like something I believe to be true is that like we're probably going to look back like 20, 20 years from now, it's like it was such an archaic system of having like governments having a monopoly over like like this kind of like money right i mean i would argue yeah. that people from the past would look to the future and say like what the fuck's going on here for like i mean many many things <laughs> <laughs> the yeah we're we're living in a weird time on on so many different levels but yeah the like and getting into how i think this like scales or like this this is kind of an unpopular opinion or something that I don't hear anybody talking about. It's like, I actually don't think the financial system changes a whole lot in terms of like how it looks, but like you have like clearing houses, you have like institutional brand name. And like, I look to, if you look up like bullion banks, this is kind of like what I think is going to evolve with Bitcoin. And like, you can get into whether or not this is a good or bad thing, but I think it's kind of inevitable. Um, it's like you're gonna have a like a cl- like a system a cl- like a closed system where like you have counterparties that you trust it's like KYC or whatever and like you kind of have like marked bitcoins that are like these I know where this came from wherever right and so like this is like how ins- like institutions probably aren't gonna get comfortable like really dealing in this until that works but what's really powerful about Bitcoin versus like having like U.S. dollar or whatever structure. Is that you at the end of the day, like, kind of can go rogue and opt out of the system? It's just like you do that knowing that you can't go back into that situation, that, that ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So that's just that's powerful, and that removes like a pretty huge moat in how, like, just how the financial infrastructure works. And so it's like you're kind of locked in, like, hands tied behind your back with, like, you just, there's just no alternative. Like, always having the ability to opt out is what's, what's really powerful. Yeah. The, uh, the opportunity the exit as naval would say um, yeah which is which is interesting and 
again, going back to the weird times that we live in, I've harped on this a lot in this podcast, 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 on this podcast. I need to catch up. <laughs> is that uh, one thing I harp on is that we were born at an inflection point, me and you in particular, at our age, um, that the world is sort of getting like so turned on its head. There's so many paradigm shifts going on at once where, like, whether you're talking about the freedom of information with the internet, the freedom of money now with Bitcoin, uh, the freedom of, of flight with modern technology and transportation technology, like, we're, we're hitting this inflection point where so many different areas are sort of colliding with each other that it's fucking with, with the way we perceive the world, number one. Number two, the pace of change is such that, like, at a biological chemistry level, like, we as a species are having a hard time sort of adapting to it. Like, we are the most adaptable adaptable species on Earth. There's no doubt about it. But I would argue that the pace of change in recent decades is becoming so that there's so much confusion out there that it, it's hard for everybody to find their bearings. And, yeah. And... That is why I've sort of clung to, clung to Bitcoin is because that is something, like you said earlier, we were harping on earlier, if it does what it purports to do is to be a censorship-resistant, peer-to-peer distributed store of value. And that helps us sort of anchor into a a stable thing that we can sort of rely on and then make decisions from there and sort of help figure out the confusion of being born in this inflection point and being caught up in this this pace of change. Um, yeah, if we, we want to get heady. <laughs> let's get heady. Let's get heady. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, there, I mean, going, going, to, going to your point of, like, it's all this is so difficult to wrap your head around. Like, I've said a lot of unpopular opinions. I'll go, go with another one now. Like, a lot of people think this is, like, net great for like the lower class right it's like this makes everybody wealthy which it does i think any efficiency improvement kind of it's a rising tide lifts all ships but i think what ultimately comes out of this is probably like a massive even larger wealth despair like wealth gap right um if you're if you're purely pricing if if this creates a more meritocratic system like a more fluid economy like values get a gonna flow to what's more meritocratic and it's like prices are like prices law Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot it's like extreme minority of any system like it produces all the value and it's like it like it, it 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 is like an exponential where it's like in one in ten does like two in a hundred and like it continues mm-hmm. so it's like as the system gets larger the percentage of the system that actually creates the most value is like a, a, a smaller um, so I think that's I, I think that's an inevitable outcome. And uh, I would, I wouldn't even say it's inevitable. I would say it's already here. You have things like Instagram. It was four people sold for four billion dollars or something like that. WhatsApp, same thing. And on the tech side, that's that's become painfully obvious, especially with software, where yeah. to bootstrap a system, you just need to know how to write code. And if you can write the best code that offers the most utility to the most people, you're gonna you're gonna take a lot of that value immediately. Yeah, I mean, and like. The question of like, is this good or bad, is kind of irrelevant because it's gonna it's gonna happen. It's like, what right? is the best for, for the system? So like, it's people who make a lot of ideological claims on blockchain. I don't think have thought through most things. Like in a lot of ways, all of this stuff is inevitable, and it's really great in a lot of ways. There are negative implications of everything, and so like, what's bad? Like wealth gap is like natural, and then it becomes bad for a system at some point. Yeah, because it's like happiness is a very relative framework, and so like the least happy places in the world are always the ones that are closest to the wealthy, like that are relatively porous to another place that's very close by. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. We'll see how all this this shakes out, but it's like that's something that's like back in my mind. It's like I, that's kind of an inevitable outcome. Like all these things, like I wouldn't say what I'm doing. Like, I don't make any decisions on, like, oh, like, this is, like, I think people are, like, I'm doing this to save the world in a lot of ways. Like, it's, I'm, f- personally, like, I think that's a great thing. I Like, I do believe, like, all this stuff is fantastic, but I think, personally, people are more 
motivated by negative emotions and I'm just like I feel like ba- I feel pain when I'm not just doing this stuff and it's more of like a masochistic obsession <laughs> so like my view is like all this stuff's inevitable and like we're kind of riding the wave yeah. but like a lot of people make ideological claims I don't think I've thought through a lot of this stuff yeah no and that's that's the one thing that I tarp on I've got a couple of Ethereum developer friends and they're like they're the kumbaya like we're gonna we're gonna bring the third world up and save the world and the one thing i tell them is like if you you realize like if this shit becomes successful it means something has gone terribly wrong in our traditional world like this is a hedge against things going to shit and if this stuff becomes successful it's because our traditional world has gone to shit an extent i think i i I, so i don't think bitcoin for bitcoin to succeed it needs like the federal bank to collapse which i think uh I would say close to even maybe half to maybe more of half of like hardcore hardcore Bitcoiners like kind of think that. I think I don't think it needs to collapse, but I think I don't think it needs. I would I would not I would I'll put this out there. I'd be somewhat okay if we if we got our fiat currency system on a somewhat stable ground and just rode that out into perpetuity. But I acknowledge that's probably not going to happen. I, mean, I think I think there's going to be you know, the same thing with like a, Ethereum. <laughs> same, like I could say the same thing with Ethereum and th- through a different lens there's just going to be a transition f- with the, l- the legacy infrastructure into this stuff yeah so like like I think central banks are going to incorporate um, like some crypto and whatever they're doing in a way that'll work and so like I, I, I don't like this view of like a total like burn the world down and this will rise I think is a bad mentality number one to have but i also just don't think it's it's true and it's gonna happen like i think it burning down would probably lead to it it happening but i don't think it's the optimal outcome i don't um, either yeah. but i think it, uh, i don't want to get morbid here but i think that's the most likely outcome things are gonna, like look at let's look at the world right now it, <laughs> we got donald trump as president listen I called Donald Trump being president we two t- years t- out. We talked about that. I did. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, just I did not vote for him. I don't vote. <laughs> I've never voted. I never will vote. What? Go out and vote. <laughs> no. I'll never. Like We've discussed this before. I'm not going to vote. But I called Donald Trump two years out. My sister-in-law hated it. Hated me for it, like thinking I'm a Trump supporter. I'm not a Trump supporter. I just like was able to see the writing on the wall. And then you look at so this is one thing we I thought I thought so I had a similar story with was actually the um uh, my boss who like helped see the fund this is like he like it was widely known that uh, like about a year and a half out that I was like Trump's Trump is gonna win (laughs) and so he came he's like I hear you're like a big Trump supporter I was like saying somebody's gonna win and being a supporter are two completely different things right I was like let me explain why he's gonna win um. And so he, he brought that up like like a, a little while ago, but um, yeah, I, I thought it's so like going back to like I think if you went through college at a certain time period, you could see I think colleges and uni- like the, the American universities are a good a good like gauge. Yeah, well, they, they like lead rest of like. A lot of people have made this claim. This isn't the novel statement that like it leads like rest of society by like five years or so, and so you're we're kind of seeing the same thing that happened, like that I saw happen at Duke, that happened now, and it's like it's I don't see like, it, like it was like an inevitable thing. So I like it was so obvious like like if you were like mapping out, taking like a poker type approach of like. Okay, like these are like our bracket type approach. Like this is what needs to happen. Like people were just, I don't think people, people just had this view of like Trump is this crazy character, never going to win. If you actually looked at, okay, these are the scenarios that could play out. It was just so obvious that he was at least being massively underpriced. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. And and it surprised a lot of people. But if you look back, like it wasn't surprising. Like, and that goes back to, the point I was trying to make originally, which is like, the world goes to shit. It, it, Bitcoin becoming successful means the world goes to shit. Trump got elected because the world, for a lot of people, went to shit, and he, people saw him as e- equal. Every as every, their, every action has an equal and opposite reaction, and so 
yeah, that's kind of what like the pendulum swings and it swings more more, yeah. dr- more dramatically. The well, yeah, it's. I mean, I I I'm like pretty unplugged from politics now. There's just I not enough do not pay attention day, anymore. But yeah, I mean, it's. I don't have an answer <laughs> for how like what's gonna happen. No, and I'm not <laughs> saying like, I have an answer or anything, but I'm saying like looking at these trends, and I think you would agree with this. Yeah. Like things are headed a certain way where, like this week, last week. China now offering China. 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 China is now offering um oil futures contracts based on Yuan. That's that ruffles feathers. Now we got a trade war that that just came out today. I, I did pay attention to politics on my tweet deck today a little bit because their Trump just came out with some tariffs against China. I don't know if it was a reaction to this oil futures contract. Uh, emergence. I don't think anybody knows <laughs> what what anything he's, he's saying is about. What do you mean? So, like, do we say he tweeted something out? Uh, he didn't tweet anything. No, he he wrote like a piece of legislation that said, "Hey, we're going to start um, yeah. we're going to start putting tariffs on these certain goods coming from China." So it was like a I don't know if it was a reaction to the oils contracts or what it was, but regardless, it is a. a uh, friction between relations of relations between China and the US with that going on top of that you look at the Middle East you look at Syria right now it's still shit Afghanistan still still reeling from the war Iraq same situation then you have Saudi Arabia and Iran start getting after and getting after each other recently um, actually it might not be those two countries, so I'm not going to speak on that. But things are flaring up, I would say, to an extent. I'm not trying to fearmonger here. I'm not going Alex Jones on all you. I'm trying to be pragmatic, though. Um, I mean, it's it's just like I, this is like I'm not saying anything new because this is like Ray Dalio's like overall thesis, which I I kind of bought into, like, I would say like 2013, 2014, like it's just dead cycles, and so like it could have popped a lot. Of, like everybody wants to look at like a micro situation of like this happening because of that. Like it's it generally like weird things happen because of broader macro influences. And so like we're kind of hitting this long-term cycle like globally potentially and like haven't really what we haven't seen like globally is like a convergence of like cycles before like and hit throughout history we've had <coughs> that's i think that's the underlying theme i was yeah. trying to get at is the convergence of these cycles hitting at yeah, the like, same time like anytime there's been it's, like it's, financial turmoil like in any part of the world there's there's been a place that is has been able to like grow everybody out of it like china was like a big part of that and so like the financial crisis right now um like 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 emerging markets as as a whole. Like really, where is there an emerging market right now? So, like I mean, like it's like what what can change? Like because every everything is just so locked tied together and integrated, and like these cycles are like converging like everywhere. So it's yeah. I mean, this is kind of part of the reason why I got out of out of equity and like I've I've been bearish for like th- three years in macro, and that hasn't been a great bet to yeah. make. Um, so yeah, last two weeks it has, but um, yeah. Overall, I mean, you you, you can't it's, betting against things is a foolish foolish endeavor. <laughs> yeah, Keynes was right about anything. It was the markets can stay logical far longer than you can stay solvent. Let's not end this on a depressing note, though. Let's talk about what excites you most in this space. Um, what what are you most excited about right now? What am I most excited about? Oh. I, mean, I, can, I can go a lot of directions with this. The, I, I think this, what I'm most excited about like as a whole for crypto is the amount of talent that's coming in um, and not just not leaving. So it's really captivated a lot of people's imagination and attention and like we've had the, like this bubble happened, whatever, but a massive inflight of talent has come in and it's not leaving. It's so that's like, what's going to come out of that? Like, I think what an overused buzz, uh, word meme has been like bubbles are good and whatever, but it's like what has actually come out of this late 
this this latest bubble has been like we have this massive inflow of, of new talent and like they're not leaving everybody's obsessed about this stuff like this is all gonna go and like it can go in a million different directions yeah so yeah the, the i mean i'm a person who loves debate and loves engaging like this is kind of like, what i gave was my perspective of things now it's it's is it gonna change like like there's always the percentage chance of of things changing in a dramatic way and so like key, like i'm like both of you and me are like plugged into like the crypto news cycle like obsessively and it's, it's more of like it's a masochistic endeavor <laughs> it really is <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah it's like you just can't take your eyes off it because like it's everything's happening so fast and it's like uh, like so we like really got started like last it's been a year which is crazy it feels like like 45 now <laughs> right <laughs> yeah um does your fun have 12 months of performance under his belt right we start in september okay nah. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> september feels like a very very long time away <laughs> um but yeah it's like you just can't you can't take like i don't have any plans of like taking vacation <laughs> like i haven't and like it was like i moved like when i left like i last time i took vacation like really like plugged out was it like in 2015, 16? And so, like, I'm like I'm fully energized. Like, it's just like there's so many things happening that it's like you can't take your eyes off it. Yeah, I mean, it's enthralling. And I think what makes it so enthralling is is the possibility that we're changing the world to an extent that, that will be written about in history. Like, hey, we were born at this inflection point. We were born at the emergence of this technology. And the fact that we're here now and able to contribute, I think that's what draws most people in. Like you were saying, most people are not leaving because it's like, holy shit, if we get this right, we're going to change the world. And we're going to change the way humans think. We're going to change the way humans interact with money. We're going to change the way they interact with each other and how they view trust and how they view money and how it's it's, uh, held, who, who has custody of it. And these are very fundamental human interactions that are that are being changed in real time i would say and yeah i i don't like what you're saying i, I agree with all of that i i don't have a lot of time to like step away and like appreciate it all but it's all so crazy what's happening it's like um like the reason why i don't is like going back to like everything's masochistic <laughs> is like i know i'm when i'm making the right decisions when i just don't feel like anything about mm-hmm. it and so it's like I'm like jumping back and forth for like this is like the right decision, like we're like I'm like appropriately positioned for this, but like like I like yeah like when you do step back, it's this is all like crazy stuff. This is all like mad scientist. <laughs> and and we're here for it all, and you freaks are too. And I hope you're enjoying this journey. I don't know if I'm I'm spewing stupid things into your ears. What I, I'm I love doing I love here. how it it gradually this is with the it correlates to the wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's gra- gradually trended towards <laughs> just heady stuff. Heady stuff, yeah. That's what we start out technical, and we get heady as hell, dude. But, like the world's fucking. But weird. What did we t- we talked about Bitcoin versus Bitcoin. What did we talk about like head on, like good head on talk? first? We talked about your journey from discovering Bitcoin to a head fund manager. Then we jumped into Bitcoin Cash versus Bitcoin and the store value versus medium of exchange debate. And then we jumped into... We talked about like inflation, hyperinflation. Inflation, hyperinflation. Got a lot of economic uh, uh, lessons on the podcast tonight. I'd love for more economists to get involved in, in crypto and to not be creating stable coins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fuck. You, we could go down like a two-hour stablecoin discussion. Stablecoins are stupid, all right? They're susceptible to black swans. They're only stable until they're not. Well, this is what, what I'll... They're so, only stable until they're not, well, and that's the, all you the, have to the, say. The, the stablecoin as a store of value doesn't make sense. Like, there is a total... Going, like, there's a total addressable market for stablecoins, and, like, Tether has kind of proved that. So, like, what is that is the question. But Tether is only stable until it's not. But, but so like you, you don't need to be concerned if you're just using a stable coin for specific purposes you don't need like you could have confidence for staying stable for so long right so it's like I like I wouldn't recommend using a stable coin as a store of value because like they're ultimately like what finance has proven time and time again is anything that is a complicated instrument is gonna blow up in a completely dramatic way yeah and so like it it's not a it's not a good store of value but there is a total addressable market for like that 
like a open system stablecoin is what we're talking about. Closed system stablecoins make sense almost all the time for specific purposes. We can get into that if, if we want to. But next the, episode, <laughs> the uh, sta- um, stablecoin like an open system stablecoin is is like its total addressable market is like gambling on crypto. So like taking going on margin, like you need something stable to peg to kind of um, and settle into. And then potentially people who just can't like right now until Bitcoin becomes stable, like people who who just are can't get banked. Yeah. That, like like I would say, because I'm not recommending this, but like people who've raised like ICOs, um, like with Ethereum, like Ethereum is far too volatile to make any to do any business planning. Like and I, so we can get into like why somebody has been doing that. But like if you want clarity into like you just raise money with Ethereum, you should, for for you projecting out your business, like you need a stable capital base. And so if they can't find a bank, which is a whole other problem, then like that could be the best thing that they could do. Like Bitcoin's a little too volatile for that now. Like I yeah. I think the like, best way to, Bitcoin is a investment into emerging market real estate. And so it is mostly speculation, but there is the stable value to be had eventually emerging internet market real estate yeah. and heady here as we end this podcast freaks thank you for joining us tonight tom did not drink nearly as, as much wine yeah. as i did i'm gonna, I'm gonna chug right now you don't chug <laughs> i'm not i'm not a, an advocate of binge uh, drinking tom we do not advocate binge drinking on this podcast yeah, i'm finishing it before <laughs> <laughs> i just have a degenerate level of tolerance and maybe a problem. I might have a problem. This podcast might be enabling my problem. This problem's good because it leads us to heady conversations. But Tom, where can we find out more about you? Don't. (laughs) All right. We're not going to find out more about Tom. Thank you guys for joining us this week. Uh, Peace and love. Cheers. Two hours. 2.15. Two hours.